we've just had the most amazing vacation together. We drove 2,600 beautiful miles through America, going up to Wisconsin. Wisconsin. It's quite amazing how they, they talk up there. With God and the lakes. and Actually, they, they have hoses like they do in Canada. They all live in hoses in my home. And it's kind of, they almost have a Canadian accent. We felt quite at home, you know. Not that we have Canadian accents, but we're Canadian citizens as well as American citizens and British citizens. But America is our number one citizenship. If I had to lose all of my citizenships, I would not lose my American citizenship in Jesus' name. It's the land of my calling. But anyway, we were blown away by how beautiful this nation is just driving up and how beautiful the people of this nation are. So wonderfully diverse, so wonderfully beautiful in all of our expressions of God's extraordinary creativity. And I'm just so touched this morning by his love for us and the full extent of his love for us that he would love us so much that he would give his only beloved son for us. And that all we would ever have to do is just simply believe in Jesus and we receive eternal life. And so often we mistakenly think that that eternal life is us merely living forever and we don't realize that eternal life is the very person of Jesus, the very person of Jesus Christ. And when we believe in Jesus, we receive Jesus and we become one with him. We receive the spirit of Jesus in our beings and our spirit that was dead, that was, that was in captivity to sin and death comes alive, came alive in Christ Jesus and we became, as 1 Corinthians six seventeen says, he who has joined himself to the Lord or herself to the Lord is one spirit with him. We became one spirit with Christ and Christ is one spirit with the Father and the Holy Spirit. And so we've been brought into this eternal union with eternal life himself, everybody. And you know, here's the amazing thing. That in the kingdom of heaven, the Father desired that he would have sons and daughters just like his eternal son and daughter. And that those sons and daughters would not be some subpar status as sons and daughters, but that those sons and daughters in Christ Jesus would be of the same exact status and the exact same, uh, uh, what's the word? Um, substance. That's the word I'm looking for. The exact same substance as Jesus Christ forever. And so the father allowed his son to come, didn't just allow him, sent his son. The son was willing to come into the world for the prime purpose of God becoming man forever so that the father and the son could walk in union with us as humans forever and ever and ever. The created 
being completely swallowed up by the Creator forever and being transformed to be just like the Creator in the Creator forever and ever and ever. Fully alive in His eternal life, fully in His love, with the same status and the same substance and the same experience. To the, 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 the early church father said it like this, to the measure that Christ divine was willing to become human in our flesh and our blood. So now we too in him are in the exact measure of his divinity in him. The fullness will be after we die. Let's, let's not make any mistakes here, okay? We're, we're, you cannot look at this fine specimen of a man and look at him and say, yes, he is the exact representation of God's being and the radiance of God's glory, just like Jesus is. But I'm telling you, the split second after I die, I for sure will be. And so will you. And so will you. And that's our great hope. And uh, I just want to, you know, just say that going up there to, to Wisconsin and going all the way through North Kakalaki, and then into Virginia, and then into Kentucky, and then up into Indiana, and then into Illinois, and then into Wisconsin. Man, and Kate and I are driving up there. So where's Illinois? Where does that fit with Indiana? And, 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 and where exactly is the Mississippi? And, and we're, we're just loving, because I was driving, but she's on the map and we're looking. We're just falling even more in love with our nation. And not just the beauty of the nature around us, but the beauty of the people of this nation everywhere we went, no matter what race. It was, it's just been an amazing journey for us. We've fallen in love with this nation. And I think to myself, you know, right now when we look at this world and if we look in the wrong direction, we'll get completely messed up. And so if we're looking for the political system to solve the problems of this nation alone, or if we're looking at, you know, trying to solve racial tensions without Jesus, we will probably never, ever get there. It's when, we, it's when we are face to face with Jesus and we look into his glorious eyes of love and we recognize that the Father has made us one with the Son forever and given us the same status and made us the same substance eternally as the Son of God himself, given us his very spirit forever and ever, the lover and the beloved and the love and we're the, lovers of, we're the beloveds in the love of the lover with Jesus forever. We recognize how in the world could I look at somebody else that Jesus gave his life for and think that I'm any better than them? You know what the problem in this nation is regarding racial tension is the gospel is not being preached. You can have religion as much as you like, but the problem with, you, with religion is you'll never ever solve the problems of the world. You'll just make them worse. And the reason being is that religion att attracts mammon and mammon is the root of all evil, the love of money. And why does religion attract Mammon, because religion is all about do, do, do. And in order to do, 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 you need money, money, money to do, do, do. And the problem is they both stink of do, do. Turn with me to the book of Mark chapter 10 before I get overly excited and go off, spinning off in some kind of glorious puff of smoke. Shandarabha. And by the way, I'm excited, I'm refreshed, and I'm dangerous. Yes. Woo! 
I'm sitting there on vacation. And Kate and I, we were sort of, you know, we got this sort of kind of nice motel type of place, but it's not, it was different, not a motel. It was like right on the water's edge of Lake Michigan in Sturgeon Bay, Door Peninsula, beautiful. Uh, we'd been invited by a church to do a conference up there, so we decided back in June, why don't we just take a road trip up there? And, um, you know, we've been flying in airplanes forever, see what it feels like. So let's just go on a road trip up there. And, and then, you know, two weeks before our trip was due, we got word from the pastors that they'd, unfortunately, because of COVID, had to cancel the conference. And, uh, you know, we're like, we told our PA, please, just write back to them and say, don't worry about it. We're still coming up for vacation. And if you'd like us to speak on Sunday, then we'd love to do that. And we totally understand about the conference. We've had to do the same. So no, no shame and don't worry about it. And we're here to help and serve you. Well, didn't they just write back and say, you know what, why don't you please come? We're so thrilled that you want to come and minister. And it was just so awesome last Sunday. Yeah, there's bodies everywhere, chaos everywhere. The Holy Spirit just crashed in on everyone. And, and he's going to do the same right now. And he's going to do the same for you back home. Just get ready to do some floor time flat out on your back thrown off of your chair, off of your couch, and flung on the floor like a rag doll by the Holy Spirit, because he loves you. Shekaraba. So I'm sitting on the edge of the, you know, I'm, we're sitting, every morning we'd sort of, you know, go out and have our, our time with the Lord together, you know, uh, me with my Bible open, Kate with her iPad and her Bible open, listening to the Bible, because she's a, she's a better audio receiver and listener and learner and so I just want to lift off of you all of you that are just anxious that you just look at the pages of the Bible and they just blur or they just bounce and you just can't get through whatever well it's okay relax we're in technology now it's a little bit like leaving behind the horse and the cart now we have cars if you want to spend time alone with God and it just for you you're just not the greatest reader in the world then listen to the Bible okay get the word of God in you because it's not about doo-doo, it's about BB. So, you know, we're sitting there and we're looking out over this glorious, you know, Lake Michigan, and it's just beautiful. We were just on a little estuary ourselves. And, uh, and Kate would be like, honey, what do you do, want to do today? I'm like, I don't know, honey. Should we go for coffee somewhere? Yeah, let's go for coffee. All right. Didn't we do that yesterday? Yeah. Well, let's do it again. Okay. <laughs> All right, we have coffee. What do you want to do? Let's go home and have a sandwich, you know? Yeah, what are we going to have? Bread, cheese. Okay, cool. Sounds great. Go back after lunch. What are you going to do now? Hey, let's have a nap. Yeah, we did a nap yesterday. Okay, let's do it again today. And you know what? For, for seven days, that's all we did. And I never felt the presence of God once. but I'm so on fire now. I literally feel his presence all over me now. You see, there's something about rest that the devil makes us think is illegal because he wants us in doo-doo, piled up, stinking of it. But Jesus wants to remind us it's all him. And there's nothing like rest to help us to realize we can't, but he can. 
you know? Religion is our greatest danger because when we're religious, when we're doing things, it makes us feel saved. But relationship can sometimes just be silence. But in the sitting and the lying and the silent, the lying down, I mean, not lying as in, you know, it's a problem with the English language. Um, the lying down and the waiting and the lack of presence, feeling presence, which doesn't mean he's not there. Sometimes he hides himself to make you find him. So I want to start reading from Mark chapter 10 and verse 17. My Bible, the New King James Version this morning says, Jesus counsels the rich young ruler. Now, as he was going on the road, one came running, knelt before him and asked him, good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? So Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but one. And that is God. I've never seen this before, but Jesus was tempted in every way, yet was without sin. The Father allowed him as a human being, it had to be for him to be our Savior, that he would be weak just as we are and open to temptation just as we are, yet would conquer by not falling to that temptation and would live the perfect life and never sin. And so right now in this moment, the devil is tempting Jesus to credit himself with goodness on account of him being the second person of the Trinity when the whole point is that he would be the man Jesus for 33 years. Yes, the second person of the Trinity, but trusting the Father's endorsement on him that he's good. And not trusting in his own acts and in his own life and his, in his own perfection up till that point to determine and to define that he's good. Otherwise, Jesus would have fallen into religion. Something that we're tempted with over and over again, aren't we? How do we know that? Oh, I forgot my quiet time. In fact, I, I haven't had a quiet time for three weeks. Man, I just feel so terrible. I just don't even know if God loves me. I think he probably hates me. And I've had so much attacks from the devil. I just know it's because I've not prayed. I've just not had my quiet time. And what am I going to do? And I get to church and I, I go like this and the devil whispers into my, who do you think you are putting a little hand up to Jesus? You suck, you little schmuck. So why do you call me good? No one is good but one, and that is God. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. And he answered and said to him, Teacher, all these things I've kept from my youth. Then Jesus, looking at him, loved him. Everybody say that with me. Looking at him, loved him. Isn't it fantastic that here's a man wanting to justify himself by his religion and the father through the son is looking at him and loving him. 
Even in our worst moments, everybody, and our worst moments are not necessarily the moments when we're walking in the sins that we typically think of as sin. Although, make no mistake, I'm not endorsing any of those sins. Those sins are so bad they can take you to eternity of hell forever if it wasn't for Jesus. And please don't mistake my preaching this morning to say that we don't need to have quiet times and we don't need to have prayer times and we don't need to have fasting and we don't need to have spiritual disciplines. I'm just telling you that we do all of that because Jesus looks at us and loves us and not in order to make Jesus look at us and love us. There's nothing that we can do that will make him look at us and love us more than what he's done for us when he looked at us and loved us when he hung on the cross 2,000 years ago and he saw you and he loved you with an everlasting life and he gave his perfect body for you and he did it all so that you today could be with him in paradise. Woo! Before you ever did anything right or anything wrong, the Father already set his affection upon you and already sees you as perfect through his Son that he knew would come and give his life for you. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it doesn't matter what race you are, it doesn't matter what gender you are, it doesn't matter how you start, what counts is how you finish. And Jesus finished you when he said it is finished so that you could forever be him in him, with him, like him, glorious. Jesus looked at him, loved him and said, well, there's one thing that you lack. Go your way, sell whatever you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come, take, the cro- take up the cross and follow me But the man was sad at this word. The rich young ruler was sad at this word. And he went away sorrowful because he had so many great possessions. Now to understand this scripture, I want you to turn to Galatians. Normally I don't like to look through too many scriptures per se, but this morning I just felt the Holy Spirit wants me to take you on a journey. Paul's writing to the Galatian church who started off so well in faith and in the Holy Spirit, led by him to the revelation of the cross of Christ and how we've been crucified with Christ and no longer live, but Christ lives in us and the life that we now live in the body, the body, we now live by by the faith of the Son of God who loves us and gave us for us. It's like Kate talked about this morning. It's all by Jesus. It's all through Jesus. And it's all for Jesus. It's actually not at all about us. It really isn't. Even daddy's love, that we're the eternal recipients of now with his son Jesus, even that love, that liquid golden honey love that we experience, when we experience his kisses and we experience his love and we get completely baptized in that liquid golden honey of his presence and his love and we hear his voice saying, I love you, Duncan. I love you, Nathaniel. That's our youngest daughter sitting over there freshly back with her husband, Matthew Allison. There they are, sat right there, Matthew and Nathaniel just got married three weeks ago yesterday and you know it just wow so good to see you both shaka banga I've already seen them all weekend but you know just good to see them sitting together in church married come on let's give Jesus a hand it's so good and 
Where was I? Yes, thank you. And we're the recipients of his love. And like, like Nathaniel, now married to Matthew, for this, this lifetime, we are mar- going to be married to Jesus forever. And when we're in that moment and we're receiving the love of the Father and he's speaking his words of love and affirmation over us and we're just getting so rooted and grounded in his love and, and we're, we're, we're finally beginning to set, be set free not just by the revelation of truth from words but we receive the Holy Spirit himself who is, who is actually the tangible revelation of the word of God the word of Jesus and the word of the Father expressed to us in this moment as we're being gloriously baptized and immersed in this love of the Father. And we could be a mush of, on the floor here in tears or in our, in our in, you know, at the car we have to pull over because the Father's love just pouring all over us. We're discombobulated. We can't drive. We can't see through the mist of his love. And we just pull over at the side and we're wailing with deep deep, 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 deep healing as he heals the wounds of rejection and abandonment and unworthiness and all the lies that the father of lies we've partnered with his lies and allowed into our hearts and has ruined our life. In a moment, we're getting set free in the father's love in Christ Jesus. Even in that moment, that's only 50% of what the father intends for us. The other 50% begins the moment in that love we walk to give it away to the world around us. And actually, the Lord's been showing me it's not even that. It's 33%, 33 giving it away and 33 all coming back to Jesus because it's not even for us, not even for the world and, or not even for the world. It's actually all for Jesus. The Father has saved you for you, yes, but most especially has saved you for Jesus. <laughs> the Father wants the gifts of the Spirit flowing through us, but not just for us or for the world, but for? Come on, church, for? Jesus. It's all for Jesus. You know, in our church, we we know that God loves you enough to accept you just as you are, but he loves you way too much to leave you as you are. He wants to change you. And so we want to encourage you to go on a journey of healing life's hurts and getting rid of the owies and the achy breaky heart and the wrong reactions to what other people have done to you. But why does he want us to go on that journey? It's not so that we can go on a journey of everlasting navel gazing. It's so that as we go on that journey of naval introspection and allowing the Holy Spirit to work in our hearts, why? To purify us, to mature us, why? So that we are a better lover of Jesus. A better lover of Jesus. And the thing is, you can't be a lover of the invisible, glorious, glorified Son of God unless you're loving His people all over the world. Love looks like something, as Heidi Baker says. Love looks like something. Love looks like someone. To the measure that you love another human being is the measure that you're loving Jesus. It's all for him, everybody. And Paul says, oh foolish Galatians, 
Who's bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified? This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish? Having begun in the Spirit, are you now trying to be made perfect in the flesh? Have you suffered so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the, of the law or by the hearing of faith? Just as Abraham believed God and it was credited to him or accounted to him for righteousness or as righteousness, therefore know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand, saying, in you all the nations shall be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. We're continuing our series on the good news. And here we have, right here, the first moment the gospel was preached to a man. And God, Paul, writing in the Holy Spirit, says in Galatians 3.8, that God preached the gospel to Abraham when he said, in you all nations shall be blessed. And I always used to read that and think that in you was you, Abraham. But he was actually speaking to the seed that was in Abraham, Jesus Christ himself. In you, Jesus Christ, all the nations shall be blessed. That's the gospel. For as many as are the works of the law are under the curse, for it's written, cursed is he who is not continuing all the things which are written in the book of the law to do them, do, do, but that no one is justified by the law, no one is justified by doo-doo. Through the law in the sight of God is evident by the fact that the just shall live by faith. Yet the law is not of faith, but the man who's in doo-doo shall live by them. You want to be in the law? You got to doo-doo every little bit of doo-doo. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. What was the problem with the law? It wasn't the law. The law is perfect. The problem was despite our doo-doo of the law, we couldn't do it. And therefore we became lawbreakers and therefore the law cursed us and we became cursed by the law and would spend eternity in hell if it wasn't for the fact that Jesus Christ came, was born of the flesh, under the, lived under the law and under the law, Christ, verse 13, has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it's written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. And so the blessings of Abraham have come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. And then he goes on, Brothers, I speak in the manner of men, though it's only a man's covenant, yet if, it, yet if it is confirmed, no one annuls or adds to it. Now to Abraham and his seed, singular, were the promises made. He does not, as of one, sorry, he does not say 
and to seeds. But he says to the seed. He does not say to seeds as of many seeds, but as of one seed. And to your seed, who is Christ. There it is. Scripture affirms it. The gospel was preached to Christ through you, Jesus, the seed. My seed, says the Father, the nations will be blessed. First in Abraham and then in all those who believe in Jesus Christ. That's you and me. The Father desires us to bless the nations of the world. For them to realize that they, through faith, can receive the Holy Spirit. And they, through faith, can come into Christ Jesus and come into that relationship with the Father as sons of God and daughters of God. And I say this, that the law, verse 17, which was 430 years later, cannot annul the covenant that was confirmed before by God in Christ, that it should make the promise of no effect. For if the inheritance, everybody say inheritance, is of the law, it is no longer of promise. But God gave it to Abraham by promise. So what was the purpose of the law, he goes on to say, it was to help us as a guardian to know that we needed a saviour because we could not fulfil the law. And so verse 26, for you are all sons of God, not through the law, but verse 26, but through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptised into Christ have put on Christ. There's now no longer Jew or Greek. There's no longer slave or free. There's no longer male or female. For you are all. Everybody say all. And in England watching all. Are one. We are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Now I say that the heir, as long as he's a child, does not differ from a slave, though he is master of all, but is under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the father. Even so, when we were children, we were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of time had come, Verse 4, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive the adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Daddy, as we say in Cameroon and Nigeria, Baba. And Greek. Danny and Greek, Baba, Abba, Avi, Daddy, Papi. How do we cry that? We cry it by the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit through the Son Jesus has been saying it from eternity to eternity. Therefore, you're no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then you're an heir of God through Christ. I want to take you back to the rich young ruler. Jesus couldn't possibly let that man think that any of his doo-doo would allow him to inherit God. And, when you, and so he gave an answer to him according to the stupidity of his question. And you say, well, why was it a stupid question? Not stupid as in stupid, stupid. I just mean foolish question. Why was that question so particularly misplaced in that moment? 
And the reason is, is because the Bible tells us that he was a young, wealthy man. How many of you know that when you're a young person and you have great wealth, you probably did not earn that wealth? He got all of that wealth that was so dear and so precious to him that when Jesus asked him to let it go and give it to the poor, he couldn't do it. How did he get it? He got it because his father gave it to him. And why did his father give it to him? Not because the son had done diddly squat, but because his son was his son. You are my son. And on his deathbed, or whenever the moment was, he bequeathed his entire inheritance to his son. A gift of grace because of who his son was, not who, what his son did. And of all the people in Israel who should have understood the gospel in that moment, who should have realized you can't, you failed, you can't inherit the kingdom of God by anything that you do because you can't love God with the love that God's worthy of being loved with through the law. You can't keep the perfect law because you're imperfect. You've screwed up, you've messed up. That's why I've come into the world to live the life you could never live so that the Father could give you my inheritance and you could inherit God forever and ever and ever. Not because of anything you've done, but just because you believe in His Son. You get it all as a gift. And if you can receive it as a gift, then you can join Abraham in believing that all the nations of the world could be blessed just like you are in Christ Jesus, that nobody's disqualified, no matter how sinful, no matter how much they screw up, no matter how much they disappoint you, no matter how much they do it wrong, even you yourself and how many times you disappoint yourself, nobody and nothing can ever separate you from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. <laughs> Not even being on vacation doing nothing but drinking coffee and taking naps can separate you from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. When you're a preacher and you should be spending, you know, hours and hours in doing something to make you specially something, it's a load of hogwash. Well, I don't know where that word comes from, so we wipe that out in the name of Jesus. It's a load of rubbish. So as Paul says, it's a load of dung poop because it's doo-doo a stand everybody yeah. you have been given a very very special gift everyone catch the fire in this room and I'm very pleased to see so many of you have come for those of you watching online the room is really pretty full but social distanced And whether you're in this room or whether you're watching online, the truth remains. You are a son. If you have believed in Jesus Christ, you are now one with him through his death, burial, resurrection, which is your death, burial, resurrection, and one day glorification in him. And Christ lives in you. The hope of glory and you have never once done a single thing, not one sausage, as we say in England, to earn that gift. You've never, ever 
done a thing. So quit trying to justify yourself and quit trying to condemn yourself. We justify ourselves about what we do. We condemn ourselves by what we've done, what we should have done. But let's stop. Let's make a decision right now. I'm no longer going to allow the enemy that Olivia so brilliantly, brilliantly reminded has been utterly defeated through Jesus' work at the cross. And no wonder he's been defeated because he's the accuser of the brethren. That includes brothers and sisters. And the only thing he can accuse us on is what we've done in doo-doo. And no wonder he tries to make us think we're still in doo-doo so that he can accuse us. But listen, we do not. We silence his lies in the name of Jesus. We turn away from the father of lies as Carlos Rodriguez so wonderfully taught us many years ago. You're going to be fathered by two fathers, whether you like it or not. You're either going to allow yourself to be fathered by the father of lies or the father of lights. I'm so grateful to Carlos for that amazing word. May the father of lights just begin to close your eyes right now and hold your hands out. Get comfortable with him. Tip your head back. Don't look down. He's up, not down. Jesus taught us when we pray, we look up. Yeah, I'm sure there's a moment for bowing the head, but when you're being kissed by your daddy, you don't want to give him the back of your head to kiss alone. Give him your face. Give him your face. Just, Father, begin to kiss your children right now. Begin to affirm them, Lord. Heal them from all the criticism of the evil one, the accuser. Heal them from all the self-accusation, self-hatred. Heal us, Lord, from all of the, I wish I could have done this or I wish I could have done that. If only I could have loved my kids more. If only I could have loved my wife more. If only I could have made more money in that moment. Whatever it, whatever it is that you beat yourself up with, just let it go right now. You're not measured by that. That's not the yardstick of your life. It's not the ruler of your life. Jesus is your yardstick eternally. Jesus is your lover eternally. Jesus is your savior. And he is crashing in on you right now. You give the devil an inch, he'll absolutely take that mile and make it a mile. And he begets. You give the devil an inch, he becomes your ruler. I just let Jesus come and give you a big, big, big fat mile of love. And make a decision in your heart, Jesus, from this moment on. As your son, as your daughter, I receive my inheritance every day. I receive it as the grace gift that it is. I lay down all my efforts to earn it. I receive it right now. One of the things that Paul said to the Galatians is, does he supply the spirit to you because you obey the law or because of faith? I want you to exercise faith right now. And I want to encourage you to receive a fresh baptism of the Father's love and the Holy Spirit in Christ Jesus upon you. And I want you to step out of your chair bravely if you're comfortable to do that. You know, if you want to slip a mask on, please do. I'm, I want to, myself and Kate together with our 
Murray and Ash and our team as a broad team that are here. Everyone who's on the prayer ministry team, you're welcome to join us. <clears throat> all, the, all of the pastors that are here. But I want to invite you to come forward right now and receive prayer if you're comfortable to do that and be brave. You know, up in Wisconsin, they all just came flocking forward. They're like, you know what? I'm just going to trust Jesus in a moment like this. He's good. And yeah, if you, if you feel more comfortable wearing your mask, please wear it. I'll be wearing mine to minister to you out of respect and honor for you. But just take a moment before you go home and let the Holy Spirit come upon you. Let the Father supply His Spirit to you without measure in a fresh and wonderful way. And break that anxiety and that fear of not doing enough for God, yeah. not quite measuring up, not quite being good enough so that you would know that you would know regardless of what you do, the Father loves you. And you know in that love, He's going to change you. He'll absolutely change you. You're not going to keep, be able to keep, you know, walking in the ways that you once walked. He's going to change you. Sin is still sin. And God wants to change you and, and totally deliver you from the power of sin and death. That's it. Keep coming up. Don't be frightened. Don't be shy. There are many viruses in this world. There are many cancers in this world. There are many dangers in this world. So why are you alive right now? Why aren't you dead? Why are you alive right now? Why are you not dead? Why is it that when there's such a nasty devil, and by the way, he's so powerful, he could smoke you in a moment. He could touch you with his finger and utterly destroy you. He travels at the speed of light. He's such a nasty foe and such a nasty, nasty opponent and he hates you and he's a murderer. So why in the world are you still alive? He's got so much in his arsenal, viruses, bacterias, cancers, tragedies left, right and center. Why are you alive? You're alive because despite the devil and his power, there is someone greater than the devil. There is someone who's defeated the devil. There's someone who's conquered the devil. There's someone who's torn away the devil's rights. There's someone who has ripped away every single false accusation that he could ever bring before the righteous father to condemn you. It's all been totally canceled out. He's been disempowered and disembodied from you. And you're alive because of Jesus right now. And you're not gonna, your last breath has been ordered by God and God alone. And your life is in His hands. Do not be frightened of any virus, human, created order of anything that could harm you. If you're living wisely and you're in your daddy's love, you're perfectly safe. The safest place on planet earth is not a hospital. It's actually one of the most, can be one of the most dangerous places. Let's invite the team. Come on up team. 
put your masks on and start ministering to people. Oh, you already are. I can see you already are. Great. But I just want to just keep speaking to your hearts. We need to hear the word of God, the truth, the gospel. We're, we're a blessing, aren't we, everybody? We're blessed by God.